<laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is our inaugural episode, I guess. Um, not really having any formal experience with podcasts. I can't speak for you, Paul. Uh, I just like talking a lot. <laughs> also something I relate to. Um, as it is our first episode, I suppose we should introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Julian Dahlquist. Uh, I am in western Minnesota. Uh, I am on the Discord as Julian, a.k.a. the manager of the Moorhead Fargo Robins. Uh, I am Paul Seeley. I am from the Pacific Northwest. I manage the FedWeezy Fusion. And uh, I feel really weird every time I say that. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you've been you've been playing this game for a while, right? You've been you've been playing it for a hot minute. Uh, probably about like a year at this point online. Okay, um, I'm pretty new. I don't know if I'm still considered one of the newest managers in the Discord. Uh, I started playing in mid to late July. I want to say. Um, I feel like I've been here for a long, long time, a lot longer than that. Uh, I've lost track of how long I've been playing, I feel. Um, but we, we are two guys that play fairly regularly, I would say. Um, I don't know how many people are on the Discord, do you? Well, the difference between the number of people on the Discord and the number of people who, like, regularly are on the Discord. Um... I think there's like a hundred and like forty ish, hundred fifty people actually in the Discord. Okay. But I'll, most of them don't contribute regularly, which is, I mean, you know, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, it is twenty twenty. We are in unprecedented uh, times, um, and uh, I stumbled into Clutch probably the perfect time of all things. I bought a limited edition uh, Johan Santana. Uh, throwback card from Kyle, Oregon Rain, I think, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been hooked ever since. Because I like board games, I play board games all the time, and baseball I have basically grown up with, and this is the perfect uh, merging of my hobbies. And I, and it's something I've always admired about the game of baseball that I think sets it apart from any other of the big sports that we have, that you have... Um, you know, batting stances and you have, you know, signature plays and, you know, players like Derek Jeter that are known for, you know, diving across the infield and jumping and throwing the ball and doing a 180 and stuff. It's like, what other, what other sport has that? And I just, I don't think anything comes close. Yeah. I mean, if I learned anything from Clutch, um, it's that I don't really understand why managers don't just always have Babe Ruth on their team. <laughs> I've noticed that. Like, that seems like the pretty obvious good decision to make. I, that's what I would do if I was a general manager. I would just make sure I had Babe Ruth on my team. <laughs> just like in real life. <laughs> yeah. All, all, uh, all of the major league teams get a 0 out of 10 uh, because none of them are rostering Babe Ruth currently. I mean, he's the best player in the game, so... <laughs> Not not having him on your team is really makes me question the decision making processes here. And you know we should probably clarify for anyone that you know all the folks at home that are listening. Uh, Babe Ruth is one of the upcoming cards in the uh, Iowa. What would you call it? An expansion or a holographic set? Holographic set. Um, and then Ty Cobb. Uh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. Are they the only two? Cy Young. Cy Young. <laughs> yeah. And the Iowa Stadium itself. 
Um, um, as well as Lou Brock and uh, Tom Seaver for Gents Cards. Yeah, and that's another thing, I mean, I, that I really appreciate is, is, you know, we've had so many Hall of Famers pass away this year, and for a game to kind of pay tribute to them, I think is pretty cool, too. Um, but, you know, you're talking about Babe Ruth and, and how every team should roster him. I was kind of in the same boat, but for Ty Cobb early on. And uh, I'm starting. I'm starting to finally grow out of that. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you have to join the cult of Babe Ruth. <laughs> well, I want to be the cult of having both of them in the lineup. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> um, but like, you know, you you talk about the the different strategies that you can, you know, whether it's building a big pitching team, which of course, you know, neither Babe Ruth nor Ty Cobb really cater to, but. You know, pitch, oh, I'm sorry. Play. Is Babe Ruth not a pitcher should, in this? Game? Yeah, we should lobby for a rules change. If only we knew some rules lawyers to get that passed into into clutch. <laughs> I think we should just let him pitch, and his chart's the same, except all of the hits are outs, but he still has 14 command. Oh man, that's wild. That's got my brain spinning. I think you're I think you're onto something, or maybe you know. But Ty Cobb, I thought was such a versatile card that. You know, you have someone that's basically maxed out as far as their on base goes, and and you know, with with the second highest speed you can have in the game, it's like my God, who wouldn't want that at the front of their lineup? Um, but you know, I he... I wouldn't. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Um, I mean, it, it, if there was the salary cap, he's great. Oh, absolutely. The cards are just getting so good, I feel. And with the, the new expansions, I don't know if you're able to talk or if every has everything been, been leaked so far? Um, I think that there are some um, X8 cards that have not been leaked. Okay. But I think most of the major ones have been leaked already. Because we've been, we've been seeing, you know, some, some unique... Uh, I, well, I mean, every player is, of course, unique for the most part, but... Uh, I feel like... Well, some players are unique in a bad way. True, true. Uh, hashtag Drew Smiley. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of any other uh, especially egregious negative players. Maybe Nolan Hyrule Arenado. Dios. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we with, with all the options that you have at your disposal, um, that it's, it's interesting to see the game kind of take a turn with the new expansion. Because uh, we're on X7 coming out, right? Yeah, X7 and X8 are coming together. And, uh, you know, with, with players like... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm going to get his name wrong. Is it Edwin Rios? Yes, 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 yes. Because I, I either want to call him Edwin Diaz or Alex Rios. And I know he's neither of those. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to remember too many players' names over the years. My goodness. Um you know, really an affordable 18 home run card that we haven't really seen with maybe the exception of Edwin Encarnacion. Um, I, I can't think of anyone that provides as much power for the value as he does. No, he is ridiculous. I mean, you know, his whole thing is he's got negative three clutch. So there are going to be times where that burns you, but for the value he provides, it's kind of absurd. You know, and, and of, of course, with the, the negative clutch um, that he provides, because he's negative three, I think, which yep. is as, as bad as you can get if you really want to get uh, pessimistic about his card. Um, 
that's really not not much of a negative as far as he's concerned because uh, I think he has what six outs, doubles on a fifteen, homers on an eighteen. Um, it's like a mini Babe Ruth that you can put into basically any lineup. Oh yeah, he's absolutely one of the best values in the game. Um, I, I I worry about using him just because like I'm real I I'm afraid of running into a matchup where the clutch gets used against me and I'm just screwed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, on paper, he's super good. Yeah, and you know, I think it's safe to say as far as value power hitters go, Shed Long is kind of like the predecessor, right? That you have someone that can provide decent on base, uh, reasonably average outs, and uh, some solid power. Um, of course, he doesn't provide power at the level that Rios does, but um, another guy that has the negative three clutch, which, you know, if you play heavy clutch cards, uh, not great. Um, if you don't care about clutch, he's another mini Babe Ruth that you can have. I mean, mini Babe Ruth's going a little far, I think. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I mean, really, if you think about it, like, Brandon Drew is just a mini Babe Ruth. Brandon Drew. Brandon Drew. Who's Brandon, Brandon Drew? Brandon Drury. Oh, Brandon Drury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. I was like, who's Brandon yeah. Drew? <laughs> <laughs> um. But something that's always, you know, captivated me in all the games that I've played over the years is is trying out different strategies. And, you know, that was something I did when I was little playing MLB Showdown, experimenting with, you know, home run hitters, speed, on-base percentage, big pitching, all that stuff. Um, and that's certain, you know, there's certainly those avenues that you can uh, experiment with in this game, which I really appreciate. Uh, Paul, would you say in, in your... Uh, many months of playing this um you you've seen you've noticed any kind of trends with with overall strategy or or maybe even speaking to your own um evolution as a player slash manager uh well i think i mean realistically the 2020 the the new 2020 cards have changed a lot as far as what sorts of cards people use um, 2019 had not a whole lot of power, um, and the amount of, like, just kind of generally good without any conditional cards was pretty low, and so icons were actually pretty good because they allowed you to use cards that were actually good with the icon, and instead of cards that were mediocre without one. Now I think in 2020, even though they've increased the deck size, they've provided a ton of cards that have no requirement to play, are really easy to play, and are also very good. I mean, I don't think they should have done that, but they have. <laughs> and so... What are yeah, some examples about... when you talk about that that you, you, you can easily point at? Yeah, so See It Clearly is the easy one. Um, it's a three times common. If your batter is the opposite hand, you get a power die. Um, okay. Power die is like the most powerful effect you can have in a game. Um, a power die swing is, is a greater, gives you greater stats um, than like plus two to the swing wood or plus two on base 
or even a power die pitch. Um, a power die swing is more powerful, powerful than all those things. And so I think they knew that when they were making these cards, and so they wanted to give us cards that reflected like the most powerful things to give us more control over the game, which I think was a good thing. But I think in doing that, they made certain cards a bit too dominant. Uh, Seed clearly would be one of those. I think, I mean, Rally Cat pre-nerf was one of those. Um, I think uh, Squared It Up is a pretty good example of a card that I think is fair. Like, I think Squared It Up would be a card that I would say is an example of a good card, like a well-designed card that's easy to play because there's a very clear cost to it. But um, I think that... You know, stuff like See It Clearly, stuff like... Ribeye Steak is another one that comes to mind. Yeah, like Ribeye Steak's easy, On Deck Circle, those are all staples. Um, you know, even like the the stadium ones where you can get plus three or minus three to the swing, depending on what stadium you're in, those are pretty no-brainers, require nothing from you. You don't have to do anything, you just get those. Mm-hmm. Um and you know stuff like that um i mean the obvious one is full monty which is kind of absurd in my opinion you don't have to do anything and you just get free cards so cool uh you get a lot of free cards um i think that one's pretty ridiculous yeah i you know on on the subject of full monty i think you know it can be a frustrating card because you could be you know putting the clamp down on your opponent for big pitching or whatever but i think i think it's universality is 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 pretty um equalizing that uh you know you have a card like that that anyone can play uh at any time and you know it is like there there is luck of the draw in this game and i think that's a a a fairly equitable option for getting out of a really bad situation but I think, you know, for, for how much luck is involved in this game with, with dice and card draw, that having some cards that can help get you out of that just deadlock, just grind, you're just at the will of the dice, like, it's it, you, you need to have at least a couple of those. I'm glad, I'm glad that there's only the one or two cards that do that, because you play two in a deck. Um, but, no, I, I agree. I think it's definitely... Probably the most powerful card in the game, uh, with the exception of like Legends Never Die or uh, Hail to the King. And I think Full Monty is more powerful than both of those, frankly. Um, I I think both because it's so easy to use and because it's guaranteed to give you something very good. Like, unless you suck at building your deck, which maybe you do, but. I find it very easy to have a deck where I like all of the cards in it. So if you're giving me at least two of those and they're all good cards, like there's, it can't really go wrong. Um, I think that the way rally cap functions now is actually a really good way to do a comeback mechanism that isn't obnoxious. Hmm. Um, or even if Full Monty was like, I don't know, like like 
like three cards instead of five. Mm-hmm. Um, because really what it can, like, basically the issue is, I, I guess we're turning this into criticized plus strategy cards. <laughs> you are. Um, you are. <laughs> yeah, 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 I am. I opened um, the door for you, so I'll take some yeah. of the blame. Well, I, I mean, we're kind of in the meta right now where it seems like drawing is the biggest thing that people do, uh, the most important thing. And so getting free cards at the very beginning of the game with a full Monty is, like, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. And I think, too, you know, you have to consider cards like, you know, your managers. So Aaron Boone um, hires, whose first name I'm forgetting, uh, which I shouldn't, Tim hires, who I shouldn't be forgetting because he's my uh, offensive coach. But, you know, I it's easy to forget the the ability of those guys too that you know that i and i i agree with you completely that card draw is the is the most sound strategy as far as your deck is concerned um one thing that i think is interesting because the the last game i played before i got into this was star wars destiny and i don't know if you're familiar with that or i know what star wars is that's good that's a good start um, basically the game, you would build a team of characters. You had a certain number of points is like, uh, 30 points, I think. And you could have dice with your characters and all that stuff. And you could put weapons on them. But the, the deck, uh, the deck building aspect of that game was really centered around either milling your opponent's deck. There's, there's two win conditions. You could kill all of your opponent's characters or you could deck them. And if they had to draw a card with no cards in their deck or their hand, they would lose. And um, that's that's something that I you know I, I there's really no win condition as far as it pertains to your strategy deck in this game, and I think that's a good thing. But as far as you know, multi-faceted uh, uh, options uh, for for deck construction, you know, really only offense or defense. And I, you know, if we're if we're gonna hop on the bandwagon of criticizing strategy cards, um, you know, I, I look at these, you know, mounds of cards in front of me, and there are a lot that are just unplayable, in my opinion. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you, especially if you talk about the weather cards, for example, there are some that have potential. Certainly, what's um, a weather card? Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing that does stuff. I think they're they're like orange or something, okay. maybe maybe a different color. It's been a long time. Uh, as someone who started playing this literally just a couple months ago, um, <laughs> uh, but you know there there are so many cards, and, and of course with the first iteration of manager cards too that you know like Craig Council and uh, Buck Showalter that that just really have suboptimal functions. Um, you know it would be interesting to see, and this is one of the things that I like too is that you know managers can just submit options or custom card ideas for strategy decks and um every once in a while i'll be up you know not able to sleep and i'll just hop over and throw a couple ideas in the queue and see what happens but um you know that's one thing i've noticed is that there really aren't a lot of especially talking about like speed and i think there are more speed cards coming um but you don't have uh, you know you don't you don't have this you know uh 
multiple levels of strategy as they pertain to an overall deck build, right? That you have you have your core cards, your your power dice cards, your plus your cheap plus two to the swings, your um, pine tars and um, you know uh, uh, down the lines and what have you, and then you have you know your other power dice cards. Uh, you have the dialed in, of course, but then after you get past those staples, um, you're already at twenty cards, right? And and so really crafting around a game strategy becomes a little bit more difficult then, because like you say, I think that the power dice are so uh, effective that maybe it's a little detrimental to the to the gameplay because you have all those cards that you just really can't afford to not play uh, to make a yeah. bit another babe ruth analogy if we'll beat that dead horse some more <laughs> um but uh you know that's something that i think you know because i i always you know going back to my 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 style of play and how i would build my teams is i would i would always like to early on um as far as clutch goes uh start building high on base speed team and it, I, I noticed quickly that trying to build a strategy deck around that was uh, not not difficult necessarily but it, it felt very inefficient that a lot of the cards that had obvious synergies with speed um, were based in luck and and not so much strategic play or timing um, one that stands out to me is uh, I think it's balls and strikes where you have uh, if you strike out on your opponent's card that you get a 50-50 chance of uh, turning it into a walk and that immediately clicked as a as a speed card um, but if you if you you know if you if you roll the bad 50% your player gets ejected and you're out of luck um, and well just it, roll in the top 50% yeah exactly yeah and uh, you know if, if if there was some way to maybe bring kind of the less you know less of a, a luck focus for a lot of those cards but i i realized too that a lot of the speed based cards are kind of older too i think yeah um and i do think that they've introduced a few that are pretty good um i think where what was it called um i'm trying to remember uh slap hit is pretty good for, mm -hmm. for speed teams um and i want to say they made another one that Oh yeah, they made one that I thought was good at first, and then I realized it wasn't. <laughs> a table uh, setter? <laughs> no, not that one. That one I knew wasn't good. It had me uh, fooled. Lost the handle is supposed to be for speed teams. Oh. But okay. the the chances you're gonna get to play that on it, you have to play it on a batter's chart strikeout with no base runner on first base, <laughs> which is like such a weird condition. And I I get it. You don't want people to be able to like it it, re it replaced the car it replaced um I forget what it replaced i think it replaced drop third strike okay um which didn't have a batter chart requirement interesting so i'm i mean I, I don't know my thing with speed is basically most of the speed cards tend to revolve around stealing and Getting enough speed to steal and or a stolen base icon is just really pricey. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think to a certain extent that's somewhat applicable to Major League Baseball. Like, nobody wins the game by stealing second base. But, you know, I, I think 
if you wanted to build a speed team, the best way to build it would be Tycod. To build with a lot of guys who, I mean, you you can use Tycod. <laughs> um, I think you would. I I think I don't think you would want to build a speed team based around stealing. Hmm. I think you would want to build a speed team based around like hitting lots of singles and advancing runners. Um, and you would use a lot of the same cards, but it would just work differently, basically. And that's, you know, that's another thing I think is really fascinating about this game is that you have, you know, your, your overall objective is to score the most runs, of course. Um, but the way you go about doing that, there's, there's so many, um, you know, options and subcategories. So like, you know, say you're building a speed team, do you, do you fill the bejesus out of your lineup with speed 20 plus guys or do you go maybe two thirds and have some Nelly Foxes and Luis Arias in there? Or, um, you know, there, there's the answer is to roster Babe Ruth. Oh yes, <laughs> I, f- I forgot about Babe Ruth. Yeah, um, a a a keystone to any good uh, speed team yeah. uh, rests on the shoulders of Babe Ruth, <laughs> holding a pork chop. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you know. It, the speed team, I, I always, you know, it's, it's like kind of like the the white rabbit for me is like, I really want to create an effective speed team that, that puts up double digit runs every game. But, mm-hmm. you know, I feel it's hard to not feel handcuffed by by the options, um, you know, strategy card wise. Yeah. And I know I know there will be more uh, speed based cards in the future, but um yeah, I I think too that's just the nature of any game, right? That you're going to be limited to a certain degree with with your options and you know, cuz I mean you can't really rely on just you can't power dice your way into speed effectiveness. It's, you know, kind of be it out out of the realm of of what power dice can provide. Yeah, I mean, I I do I haven't personally played with a team like this, but I have thought that you know, if you had a team of a lot of batters that were like somewhere from fifteen to twenty, then you're not really stealing, but you are using speed because, like, you're still using the power die cards. But instead of getting, instead of your main objective being to load up on home runs, your main objective is to just kind of advance a lot of runners, and your guys will be fast enough that. You could steal in the right situation, but you don't have to steal. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally tend to find those players a lot easier to pay for for me than to pay for 22, 23, 24 speed players. Who I just feel like you sacrificed a lot in order to get that. Makes sense. Um, so, uh, you know, conundrum that I've had in trying to build a good speed team is at what point does speed really become effective because i think you know there's very much a a um you know a a a top of the curve right when you when you look at your speed options and you have players that you know range from 16 to 24 i think if you're talking emphasizing speed on your team that's probably the minimum you'd want to go is 16 15 uh somewhere in there because um, to me, you know, if you're really looking about building on speed and taking advantage of speed, that you don't want to, um, 
you don't really want to half-ass it, right? That mm-hmm. you get, it's like, at what point does emphasizing speed become, well, I want to emphasize some speed in these circumstances, thinking about, you know, maybe a runner on second or third or maybe advancing a base in a fly ball or ground ball situation. It's like, well, then you're kind of, you know, emphasizing speed in, you know, in a very specific circumstance. And that's why, you know, when I talk about maybe I'd go too much for the home run to make a, you know, self-referential metaphor that um, just going for minimum speed 21 because I don't really feel comfortable, you know, talking about emphasizing speed unless I get those absolute fastest players and, and not to just make a complete random segue, but Billy Hamilton, my God, like these, that's the kind of card I've been hoping for, right? <laughs> Is it an affordable, um, you know, in the in situational effective hitter um, that has the max speed? Uh, I think Byron Buxton is pretty close, but I think he's twice the points, if not three times the points. Yeah, he's he's got some doubles on his chart. Yeah, and like you just don't need doubles if you're going for speed. Um, right. But you know that's another thing too. That well, maybe if you want to, you know, bring in some 16, 17, 18 speed guys, maybe you do want to throw in the the doubles hitters like your Keston Heroes and. Um, I always want to say Ian Desmond, but that's not his name. Sam Hilliard um, from Colorado with that double on a 13. And maybe even want to throw in a Babe Ruth with a pork chop. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, but you well, can... I, yeah, I really like cards like um, Kettle Marte is one of my favorite just all-around good cards. Mm. Um, like, he has a good on base and not a lot of outs. He singles fairly low. I don't remember what he singles at. I think he singles at uh, uh he singles uh, he singles at a nine. Um, and he's a switch hitter for and he has seventeen speed. So like for four seventy five, the magic number four seventy five. Right. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, Chris Bryant also for four seventy five is solid if you can get past the defense. I really like if I'm going for a speed based like team. I kind of like those kinds of guys who are like pretty quick. I you know I don't know how often stealing is that much worth it, hmm. but being able to advance home from second without two outs is pretty nice. Oh, for sure, and like even you know another option you talk about building around speed is that. You could even throw in your Austin Allen or whomever and, and advance with the sacrifice bunt. Not that you necessarily need to, but say you have an opposing battery that's really strong defensively, um, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the best option. And another reason why I don't really like using the lower end of the spectrum as far as speed goes, because you know, you don't want to have to rely on giving an out to advance a runner. Yeah, I think the benefit of speed at least like some base running speed is you would attempt to basically take advantage of teams that spend a little bit less on their infield and outfield defense which i'm one of those so (laughs) i I understand that that can be pretty good um you know because if you have a lineup where everyone is at least pretty fast and everyone can get on base fairly decently 
then there's a lot of potential to just get a ton of Rileys going because even if you hit a ground ball, the chances of getting a double play are pretty low. If you're fast enough, um, you can advance home on signals, singles quite a lot. Um, so I think something like that uh, I think could work. I, I haven't played with it, so I guess I can't say for sure. But um, I do think that would be reasonably good. And, and on the subject of reasonably good, another masterfully executed segue on my part, um, is there any strategy card? I mean, of course you have your different tiers of, of brokenness and overpoweredness, but is there any strategy card that really speaks to you strategically? Maybe not necessarily the best, but thematically that, that really speaks to you or stands out? Uh, I really like Advanced Scout. It's hmm. probably my favorite card in the game right now. Um, it's one of those things where I don't think it's like super powerful because you do have to spend a card to, you know, reshuffle three cards basically. Mm-hmm. But it allows you to do a lot. Um, I should probably say what it does. Uh, Advanced Scout's a common. You put three cards from your hand into your deck. You shuffle your deck and you draw three cards. So you basically spend a card to get three random new cards, and basically what I love about it is it allows you to play a lot more conditional cards stuff like um, you know clutch moment based cards like now or never or prime time 2.0 because if you draw them early and you don't have a way to shuffle them back into your deck they're just sitting there in your hand for a long time and you might have to discard them Um, and, and you might have to discard them anyway but with Advanced Scout, and you do have three copies of it, so you're going to get it fairly often. It's nice to have that as a way to kind of um, look through your deck and, well, not look through your deck, but like get more cards that, you know, put them back so you can draw them later. Right. Um, I, I think I like it because it increases the total pool of cards you can reasonably use. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you brought up something that I hadn't really thought of before. Um, you know, I think it's easy to get bogged down into, you know, opting for, for less optimal cards, suboptimal cards. Um, but a, I think a really good uh, bellwether for, for determining if you're decking maybe the wrong cards is how often you discard in the game. Uh, yep. And even having gone through the ringer of deck building many, many times over, uh, it's still something that happens fairly regularly. Uh, most recently, uh, I experimented with Exuberant 2.0, um, which is a really situational card. I thought, because yep. uh, you, you need a two-out RBI to play it, and then for the rest of the game, that hitter gets a, a power die. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, a free power die that you don't have to discard anything for. But the only way you can reap any reward or benefit from it is if you get to play it in the first inning or two. Because um, after that, you know, there isn't much point. Um, but if, if you're someone that's, you know, at playing games of clutch and you find yourself, you know, discarding down to seven fairly regularly, maybe you need to spread out your cards, look at some options. And I, I agree with you completely. Advanced Scout is one that, you know, I, I went in kicking and screaming, uh, not decking that for the longest time because it just, I don't know why. It feels wrong. Yeah. Because you're just basically wasting a card, it feels like. Yeah. But it's so good. 
Yeah, it really is, you know, and it, it's a refresher, uh, kind of like what we were talking about about Full Monty. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not it it's, it it doesn't break the game, um, but uh, it just it just it, it has a nice effect and it's very helpful, um, unless of course Murphy's Law kicks in and you draw the same cards that you <laughs> shuffle back in every time. Yeah. Um, but you know talking about and one of the reasons why i asked the question is because i just I, I love thinking about even though i don't really use it so much with my power heavy teams as of late uh, uh, uh hit and run is a mm-hmm. card that i think just really brings in real life baseball strategy um it really translates that situation well um my only complaint about the card is that you can only do it with one runner on first when right. you know in real life you can see getting the runners going early with two or even three runners on base um but you know that that card to me just has so many possibilities and really no drawback unless you roll a strikeout which for whatever reason has never happened for me <laughs> i've never played that card into a strikeout um so maybe i like it too much for that reason but that's something that's always spoken to me. Um, and I know uh, you mentioned uh, Kettle Marte. Would you say he's your favorite player overall? I mean, my favorite players. Oh, favorite. yes. <laughs> um, I like Kettle Marte because he's just kind of a good overall player. Um, I, send, I tend to see him in a lot of my teams lately. Hmm. Um, I would say if I was picking a favorite player, and I mean, you're certainly able to pick Babe Ruth. It is a free country after all. <laughs> yeah, Babe Ruth would definitely be one of those. Um, I think I really like Chris Bryant. Hmm. Uh, four, 475. He's a similar card to Marte. Um, just has a little bit less power, but he's a 13 on base with three outs, and he's 18 speed for 475 points. That's pretty good. Yeah, he feels he feels wrong in a world where Bryce Harper is four hundred ninety points. I haven't quite figured out the disparity. It's probably this. Well, it, no, it's not the speed because Bryant is cheaper. Um, but those are two cards that I've just you know not really all that similar. I mean, in, in a choice between the two, I'll take Chris Bryant every time. But um, it's just something that's always stood out to me, and I agree that you know across the board. Of course, sacrificing on defense a little bit. Chris Bryant is just really, really good. Uh, For me, um, Howie Kendrick is one that stands out. I know you and I have talked uh, about him before um, offline, but uh, he's someone that, you know, on base 12, five outs, singles on a nine, I think, doubles on a 17, I want to say. He also can platoon with other players. Uh, I think he plays three positions, first, second, and third, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Luis Arias, uh, you know, of course I bang that drum every chance I get in the chats, but, yeah, I mean... I mean especially uh, the pink one. Yeah, oh, for sure. And if you're listening out there and you have the pink Luis Arias, the one of one, find me on Discord because I want that card. I have the nine edition whatever i want i want the pink one damn it 
He has uh, a very specific set of skills. He has a, a very particular set of skills. Um, but no, it's, you know, and, and my affinity for Luis Arias, of course, stems from being a Twins fan, but watching him hit, uh, you know, there, there are a few players that I've watched over the years, and, and Joe Maurer, of course, is a, is a easily identifiable example of this, but, you know, getting out of the card game and back into real life is that, you know, watching Luis Arias play, it's like, this guy is going to hit, you know, 350 probably pretty regularly just his approach to the plate is so you know i would say unconventional and just he just makes such good contact so regularly um that uh you know i was giving the developers a little bit of a hard time early on because i thought that his card which is one of the best values i think yeah it's actually a really good card yeah was was under <laughs> underperforming or or however you want to, you know it was like it was not to the real life uh, standard of Luis Arise that I have come to expect. Um, but that said, he's really good. The only thing I would complain about, I guess, is the fact that his his rating at second base is is a one, and he has a two at shortstop. But I've never watched a game where he plays shortstop. Um, that said, I don't watch every Twins game, so. I can't, I can't be, you know, the most upset about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I've always liked his card and Howie Kendrick, of course. Um, I, I really got into Domingo Santana for a, for a hot minute. Um, just guys that are versatile that, you know, I've, I've, I'm, as of late, I'm really gravitating towards role players. I've always liked Nellie Fox because you know exactly where you want to put him. Uh, may not be the same spot in the order every time. Uh, I've found that he, I either... He has one job. He is very good at that job. Exactly. And I've found that I bat him either leadoff or fifth. Uh, I, I don't think I've batted him anywhere else than those two spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's... I think he's batting like 430 for me. <laughs> yeah, I batted him second in high heat. He was pretty, pretty much the same. Yeah, I don't know if I have my lineup here. I don't. But yeah, he he has just been bonkers good. I mean, Ty Cobb was pretty good when I played him, of course, but man, Nelly Fox, I mean, just you know what you're going to get and just use just use Nelly Fox. If you have if you haven't decked Nelly Fox, just try it. Give it a try. Uh, he's he's a little spendier, but I I think he's a really good value for what he provides. And especially with his defense, which, you know, when we when we talk strategy as we do, it's not as high a priority for us, you know, as of late. But um, you talk about getting value from one player that can give your team a boost defensively. That plus four is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. I just want to follow up on something earlier. Uh, I did look it up, and it looks like in 2019... Luis, Luis Arias. Arias? Arias. Arias? I, I've Arias. always heard Arias. Okay. Luis Arias played 35 innings at shortstop. He played at eight games, three of them starting. Huh. I wonder how many he played in left field, because I think that's his third position. Uh, he played 161 in left field. Really? In 2019. 161 innings or games? Innings, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> 21 games. <laughs> well, that's more than I would expect, but 
That, that sounds about right, I guess. Because um, they do have, yeah, they have kind of a platoon thing going on with Marwin and um, Adrianza. Another card I'm excited for. He's like Max Kepler 2.0, but for the infield, I think. <laughs> um, maybe a little more power than, than he should have, but I'm not going to complain as a Twins fan about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any any uh, players that you think uh, you, you at, at the risk of spoiling that you uh, might be able to expect in league play coming up? Uh, I expect to see a lot of Babe Ruth. Oh, I had no idea you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well cool. I love talking meta. Um, we covered a lot of things today, but. Yeah, let's let's get into some meta next episode. I think I think that's what the fans are really gonna come back for. Got to give the people what they want. Exactly, just like Ty Cobb, right? Mm-hmm. A, fan, a famous uh, fan fr- favorite. That's a lot of alliteration. As was that. Ty Cobb, hero for the people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tune in next time as uh, I and Paul will cover meta strategy for Clutch Baseball. Paul, thanks for hopping on and uh, sharing your thoughts about literally every facet of this game we love so much. Of course. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next episode.